think Brian's just kind of frozen. Brian, we're live. <laughs> <laughs> Are you all here? Yeah, Brian's freezing up again. Brilliant. Are you still there, Brian? Well, anyway, guys, welcome to UK. One. Well, guys, welcome to UK Cowboys TV. I'm Paul. We've got Jamie, Rich, and Graham. And uh, we do have Brian, but uh, due to Irish internet connections, sorry, Brian. <laughs> we, have, uh, we have a wee technical difficulty, uh, but it should be all good. Uh, hopefully, we'll get that sorted. But uh, yeah, guys. Victory against the Panthers. What about them Cowboys? What about that? I'm getting Number used to victory who? Mondays. It's growing on me, victory Mondays. <laughs> yeah. I'm loving nice it. Feel. I like it. it. <clears throat> it's nice starting the week in a good mood, isn't it? Usually, Monday mm. day. Oh, DJ Dog in the house. Don't fire. <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome. How are we all fire, doing, fire. everyone? Anyone in the comments? Hope you're all doing all having a fantastic start to the week. But yeah, guys. Uh, so, what did you guys thought about the game? Strong, strong on both sides of the ball. Complementary football. See, when you can stay balanced <laughs> like we can, mm. sky's the limit. Um, try not to get too carried away, but our defense is turning Damn. over into a turnover machine. Yeah, you know, like they are. I mean, when our team's going to start respecting Trevon Diggs? Because everybody's paying for it right now. Yeah. Rich? He's fuck, fucking number one defense who? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> like, fuck, he's literally standing there. He's like, you throw it my way. I'm going to fucking pick it. And he fucking picks <laughs> Oh, it's, sick. it's fucking sick, man. I love it. I love I it. I love it, love it, love it. Just to so everyone is aware, Rich has no filter on this show. Just like what, Sorry. Just like so, so I think every second word there, I think it was mentioned it mentioned the word. Yeah. So I think we're all good, Rich. We're, we're UK, so what, what do we expect? But Jamie, mouth, mouth oh, of the yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. So, but, but Jamie, what's your thoughts about the game as well? I'm really like, oh, do, do you know probably the best free, the best three words to describe it is goddamn good. <laughs> that was that was like you say, yeah, they they missed arguably their best player on offense, um, in McCaffrey. But that defense of theirs is one of the top defenses in the league. Dak, Dak, Dak was Dak was good as he's been all season. Zeke absolutely burst it out. He, he was due a big game in terms of the ground game, he was due to bust a 100-yard game and he, he well and truly did that. And then on the defence, I think, was it was it five sacks we got in total that game? And, yep, and, was, yep. and Trevon Diggs, again, is just... Yeah, we, we will cover that and when we're talking about the defence mm. in terms of the sacks and how... Yeah, what, we will. What a transformation our defence is going game by game. Yeah. But, so, as you can see, guys, guys are watching the stream right now. Cowboys won 36 to 28. We're currently 3 and 1 and we're leading the NFC East. So, with that being said, um, for me, in terms of the game, I am over the moon. Like, I felt as though there was a couple of decisions kind of throughout the game where 
We've kind of played it too safe, especially right at the end, like taking digs off and stuff like that. Mm. And and the early part of the game where it was quite closely contested. I don't. And here's the thing: and someone, uh, Star Guy, mentioned this in their podcast the other night, as they were on a Panthers podcast saying they just don't know why they abandoned their run game pretty much because their run game was actually being quite effective for the early parts of that game. I thought. And they were called. Oh, sorry, guys, that's Arnie just shaking his booty there. <laughs> I can yeah. see the shadow. Yeah, that's what was a ghost earlier when he walked past. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. so, um, but overall, like, we're, we're seeing for me, I'm seeing this continuous, continuous uh, progression, not mm-hmm. just offensively and defensively. So, as a Cowboys fan, this is exactly what we want, especially after the nightmare season we had from last year. So, but anyway, guys, let's move on to the news and updates. So let me just get the wee video to put, get us into the next segment. Okay, so news and updates. So there was no injury reports uh, in terms of the weight of the Panthers game. Um Lyle Collins is officially allowed to come back to practice within uh, with the team. Um, obviously, Trevon Diggs now leads the NF uh, has now got five interceptions the last four games, and is the only cornerback in 2021 to have an interception in every game this year. And uh, and the reports from everyone saying that his back injury is deemed not serious. It was just more of a precaution. Because uh, in a way, now kind of thinking about it, guys, um, I thought at the time, so why are we taking him out, bringing Canada? Like, I was all up for bringing Canada into the game, but we will cover more into that in detail. But in terms of the injury to Diggs, do you guys feel that um, it was the right call based on how many games we've got left of the season? Yeah. Um, and we'll start <laughs> with the Godfather, Jamie. Yeah, just. We've without the scoreline war, there's no point risking your best player on defense. Get get him out of the game. Um and when some of these guys have, have stepped in from time to time, they've they've made plays, they've 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 seen it out. So I was when he came out, I didn't feel like the game was gonna run away with us and, and how we played was gonna change. Um and it, it, it proved to be, be that. I think the only disappointment and it's not so much disappointment of, of the game, just more of a disappointment for the defensive guys. I felt sorry for him because I don't think the Panthers deserve to score that many points. And it mm. makes it look a lot closer than it was. And just with the, the way that the guys, all of the guys on defence played, I, I felt like that they, they deserved a lot less points than they gave up. So that's just, yeah, not I say not not a disappointment in, in how they played, it was just a disappointment for them because... Yeah, they, they deserve to not concede as many points as they actually end up giving up. Um, Rich, what are your thoughts about the whole Trayvon Diggs injury? Um, not concerned. If they're not concerned, I'm not concerned. That's all you can really do. I mean, taking him out is sort of... I mean, yeah, he's he's turned into an absolute bowler, an absolute playmaker. He's helping bring an injured unit. You know, the, the, the Cowboys are now, I think, like they're definitely in the top ten. I think they're five or six. On the panel rankings now on NFL Network, they've taken a massive jump, and that is in no small part due to him. So mm-hmm. if you're not sure, you have a little scare. 
just sit him out. He's already had two interceptions. Yeah, you want to see him maybe get a third and ball out, but is it worth potentially aggravating that injury and having it be worse? Probably not in the grand scheme of things. Just like, you've been a stud today, kid. Just take a seat. Enjoy the bench for now. It's not going to be every game. Uh, Graham? I mean, when you take a 20-point lead, or sorry, a 19-point lead into the fourth quarter... You know, <clears throat> your de- your your running game becomes the best defense. Yeah. Um, I mean, just checking through the stats there, the Panthers ran the ball twice in the fourth quarter, twice the, enti- the entire quarter, simply because they had to, um, yeah. trying to make up for time and um, yeah. for our, our running off our run offense. So to take Diggs out, it's not really a, a you know, it's not going to deflate us all that much. Um, he's already contributed so much to the game, and you've got a, you've got a healthy lead to to control as well. And as soon as you get that kind of lead, I've said it for a long, long time. If we get two scores ahead, the game is effectively over. They they will come back and score some score some extra points, but it's junk time. You know, it's not it's not like they're they're gonna kind of force their way back into the gate. Not with a nineteen point deficit leading into the fourth quarter. Um, no, nah, I, w- I wasn't too, too concerned at all, really. Um, they have, don't get me wrong, they have they have a really good wide receiver core. I was really, really impressed, particularly with uh, DJ Moore. You know, he, he was a thorn in our side all night. But when you've got a 20 or 19-point lead, um, you can simply go to the run, keep their offense on the sideline, um, Limit what Sam Darnold can do, and we effectively forced two uh, two interceptions in that game. And also, when you can, when Dak can throw for 188 yards and four touchdowns, hmm. you can't get much more efficient than that. No turnovers. Yeah. You know, he did what he had to do, extremely effectively, and it all clicked into place. I think you've got you've got to, you've got to look at this week, can you as well? And I know the Giants are playing. Well, and they haven't played well for a while, but we all know from past experience, especially supporting the Cowboys, how um, how these NFC East games can turn on a knife, can turn a knife edge, and, and you can be having the, the worst running in your season. But especially when it's the Cowboys, they up the get they up the game, and they up the game against Washington and, and the Eagles as well. So take him out, like I say, take him out of the game, and, and like I say, as G says. Our run game becomes our defense. It, it keeps our, it keeps them off the field, and you, you get him, you get him ready, and get him a little bit more extra um, recovery time in prep for this this weekend and, and another big game. Yeah, so that's we spoke there. We spoke about Trevor Diggs there. We're seeing, obviously, it's saying it's not serious. We're just basically reading from the timeline as it's coming on from the screen. Other things to report is that Neville Gallimore's uh, coming back, uh, back into practice soon. Uh, we've also seen that Ch- uh, Chancey Goldston got his first NFL start, so that was brilliant to see. Um, him have not really having much time during the camp for him to come back into the squad and come mm-hmm. back. Keanu Neal coming back from Cobra Protocol. Uh, Damien Wilson set to return to practice. Tyler Nestry set to return to practice. Uh, there's Neville Gallimore, as I just mentioned there, and individual drills, which is, which I am ecstatic about because that's my boy. <laughs> uh, Cowboys home record attendance of ninety three thousand two hundred and sixty two, and 
considering with everything what's going on in the world still with COVID and stuff like that, that is an amazing attendance, considering. So, um, other than that, a uh, two VT players with the most pressures this week was obviously Michael Parsons, uh, Osa Divizua. Um, but yeah, um, I think there was nothing really much else to report because there was no any injury reports being filed up. So yeah, I think we're safe to say we can actually move on to the next section, guys. Are you all right with that? We'll start talking about the offense. What what I will say is it makes a nice change considering the, the past couple of weeks we've had. You, know, <laughs> you would you would, tw- you would check Twitter every day, right? Who's injured today? Exactly. You know, it yep. was, it was, <laughs> they were coming thick and fast for a while there, so it's nice to come through a game without any additional hassle. <laughs> um, L. Tristy, apologies if I don't mention your name. Kellen Moore is doing great. Guys, what else can we say? Kellen Moore is doing a fantastic job so far. He's uh, in comparison to the last year. And I think we'll, we'll talk about this comment as we move into this next section. So let me just set that up just now. So, boys, the offense and Arnie is still walking about like a headless chicken behind me. The ghost in your house, Paul. Yeah, so he is. So, uh, first comment it just struck me there was uh, from Alfie Willis. And thanks for the comment, Alfie. That's the old player of the year. I maybe not go too far in that, but, <laughs> uh, but he made some fantastic blocks in that run game. And, guys, um, I think. <laughs> you did, did you guys just hear that? Yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah. Oh, for God's sake! Uh, <laughs> apologies, everyone. That is my dog. Uh, so it's like Paul. It's like watching something that is insidious behind you. You just see the shadow. He just wanders across. Oh, don't, 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 don't say that. That film freaks me out. Uh, but so That's yeah, Paul not uh, sleeping tonight. Yeah. Uh, so, but yeah, guys, Terrence Steele. Um, <clears throat> I mean, he had a great game last week. He's even had an even better game this week, personally. Like, And Nick's made a really great comment in terms of his blocking scheme in terms of the run game. And I think it was... Um, I can't remember what play it was, but it was it was the main long dash for Zeke, just mm-hmm. short, short of the actual end zone. Yep. When you look at the dissection of that bit of clip mm-hmm. of that film, I mean, it, him and Zach Martin absolutely obliterated that whole defensive line. I I don't know, guys, but I really do think if we have things are going right now with Ten Steel really making the progression that he's doing right now, he actually might actually push out Lyle Collins out for the job. I don't know about you guys, but it's just a it's an opinion mm, that could it could it could it could it's an one. awkward it's an awkward one, isn't it? Because you yeah. you're in that situation where it's one of those good problems to have. <laughs> do you take the veteran guy that's proven himself before, or do you run with a hot option? So it's interesting because you've got you've got two of the biggest advocates for adding offensive line help on tonight. Um, I, I I still I still need to see more from Steele before he becomes a starter. I, I, if he can do it for the next two three weeks, that's a different story. Um, if he can produce the same form for the next two weeks through October then he he may very well change my mind. But I still think Collins steps back into the role. But I like the question, Paul, because 
you can't just go through your like you guys are the five starters for the season and run with it. You know, if, yeah. if you've got competition and training and in your weekly weekly practice, then why not? Um for me, I still think the sample size is a little bit small. I'm a big one for sample size. Mm-hmm. Um but he's taking the opportunity. Uh, I just hope he continues to take the opportunity because it's going to be an awful lot to dislodge Collins. Um, depending on who you who you believe and who you read on Twitter, there's there's all sorts of complications. But if we're beginning to get Collins back, um, I'm still putting Collins in there, but I feel a hell of a lot better about my swing tackle. I'll say that. You know, we've, yep. we've, we've, took, we've spoke about it time and time again, haven't we? And we've said this is this, it's a league of kind of next man up in it, and especially with their, this offensive line, chances are limited at, from time to time. Um, and when you get into get into games, you've got to take the ball by the horns, aren't you, so to speak, and and make the most of the opportunity. And he's and he's definitely doing that. And like you say, Collins is. Probably more than likely going to slot back in there when all this is is said and done. But it's it's certainly made it an interesting topic of conversation around the coach's table of when that situation does happen and he's he becomes available because then yeah, you know I mean he's he's not he's not played he's not well, apart from preseason he's, he's not had a lot of time whereas is um is is obviously up on game speed and in his he's played to a high level so he, as as much as i agree with with g I, I think it's it's gonna be a tough call to make like i said i don't think it's gonna be as easy what it is might have been if this was just a bog standard right yeah he's had to cover and he's not played at a high level there's gonna be some serious conversations I, I bet wouldn't surprise me if the room split to be fair Yeah, so um, I'm just looking at the stats as well. Uh, if there was one thing that really struck out for me as well is, again, our tight ends are being really effective offensively as well. But Dalton Schultz and Blake Jarwin. Sorry, guys, my dog is desperate to go outside. Uh, <laughs> um, I'll tell, tell you what, Brian, uh, ladies and folks, I'll be back in a couple of minutes. I think my dog's dying to get outside. Brian, can you uh, – so, Brian um, – Graham, can you take over for a quick second? Yeah, yeah, sure. Thanks, man. Yeah, so I think Paul is going on to talk about the, the tight end position. Um, it's quite often you see a Cowboys tight end streak down the inside and end up with a, a touchdown pass if one of you guys want to take that. And I'm quite sure you know what I'm talking about. Do you know, it's, I think we're all kind of starting to eat our words with the Titans, aren't we? And, and, and I know I've been a massive advocate of saying that this tight end car isn't the best and doesn't fill me with confidence. But last week, do you know what I mean? Like, or, or say that this, this week, I mean, with Schultz last week. So, I mean, it's like, it's like one week on, one week off kind of thing. It's like they're starting to gel as a, as a real good combination and, and mm-hmm. become real threats. I know <clears throat> it's like you said, and, Sometimes the stats don't jump off the page just just because of the the um what's the word kind of the the abundance of talent that we've got um other other riches on offense so they don't always jump out but you so you, but you I think you've got to look at it in terms of when they're in in there they've, they've, they've stepped up and I'll put my hands up and say 
I was wrong. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was obviously, I was, everyone knows I was on the Carl Pitch train going into the draft. That was obviously taken away early on, but still, I, I would have liked to have seen him gone up for him, but that's one of them things. And yeah, at the minute, yeah, I, I can't see these guys doing no wrong and long may this continue. I mean, well, I mean it was it. it was dicey early on with uh, with old Butterfingers. <laughs> Got very lucky there on a couple of couple of occasions, but it was it was pretty good. They they didn't let it get to them. Um, or Schultz didn't specifically anyway, but the entire offense didn't. But Schultz, I liked that he you know it didn't didn't seem to knock things between him and Dak. They went away from it, gave him a little bit of a break, and then came back to him, and he was fine. Um, it was that. That's what you want to see. That's the toughness of this team, specifically the offense, the mental toughness that we've seen a couple of times now in these first four games. But yeah, ex- exactly right what you guys have said. It's every time we seem to sort of say that they're not the greatest at this or the greatest at that, and they come out and they prove us wrong, which is again is a brilliant, brilliant sort of problem to have. You know? Do, yeah. do you think some of the? Do you think some of the other teams are? <clears throat> Kind of like that in a little bit, and maybe not giving them the respect of our game planning um, a lot. Just for the fact, if you look at the with the second touchdown, where it was wide open, like, and it was like was it was. It 15, 20, and and but a few times in in some of the other games, they've been wide open, and it's like they, they've sit there and gone, yeah, do you know what? These guys don't get involved much in games in terms of the passing, so we don't have to really worry about them. So I wonder if teams are underestimating them a little bit, and now it's biting them in the ass. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, there's definitely there were occasions where the guys were, were covered pretty well and they were working themselves open. You know, it was down to them actually getting open and working themselves open, not necessarily not being covered um, on quite a few occasions. But you, you need to remember as well that the, the number of weapons that this team has got and our big knock on Schultz coming into this season was he was definitely, his strength was definitely the blocking side of things not catching passes and he's come out and shown us now that he can do that and he can do it very well um and he helped net me some money on the weekend as well which is brilliant doing that <laughs> but he's you know you've got the receiver core even with gallop out you've got that receiver core there and then you've got both tight ends you've got zeke and Polo coming out of the backfield as well and they can both obviously not just rocking hand on the handoff they can both catch so it's a genuine it's a really good question there as well who's the number one tight end i mean for me it's still probably the way we were going in. It's probably Schultz, purely because he has that edge on blocking. Um, but it's a very good question. They're, they're both playing pretty damn well. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty- to, to your question, Jamie, um, five different touchdown scorers on Sunday. Now, yeah. how many how many teams can offer that? You know. Um, after after the Cowboys game, uh, like regular viewers will know, my dad's a Packers fan. Um, I, I, I will say here and now that our offense is better than the Packers' offense. Um, not to get too carried away, but we might have the best offense in the league because looking across the league, you can see <clears throat> you can see issues with every. I mean, they're not massive issues, but you can see issues with everybody else. When, you, when your quarterback comes in and throws four touchdown passes for 188 yards, um, and you, you never you never seem to look like giving up the game, I, I don't know I don't know how much less the the Cowboys can act Dak Press can ask Dak to do because he simply comes in, does what he needs to do, 
keeps the running game flowing, spreads the ball around on uh, through the air. Like, I mean, we're, we're talking, we didn't talk much about the tight ends, but I go back to the point that I raised many times about Tony Pollard. You, you've only got mm-hmm. one ball. You've, mm-hmm. You can only give the ball to one offensive playmaker. And if we're, see if we're going to have five different guys catching touchdown passes or scoring touchdowns, that's a pretty tough offense to deal with. Yeah. And I mean, the really, the really good thing in this game, and the difference in this game as opposed to the past few, was that you, it didn't need Dak coming in, throwing the ball a crazy amount to be able to spread it around and get that. There was this was a nice game because the criticism of what of what a lot of people were making earlier or earlier on after the first couple of games was that Dak might be in this group of quarterbacks that throws for a ton of yards but doesn't necessarily get much done. Um, and that's been proven to be absolute bollocks, yeah. for want of a better way of putting it, because he's come in and he's shown exactly that. He's, he didn't even know he didn't make 200, and look at what he's done. He's come in and done a lot with not very much. Just before we can move on, I want to bring uh, our actual host back onto the show. I think he's, thank he's finally sorted his connection now, so uh, oh, there he is. There you go, Brian. There we go. Good evening, oh, good evening all. Nice it to looks like bit, the... bit late. It looks. <laughs> <laughs> is it late for Thursday? <laughs> I'm just no, nine, right? Thursday. It looks like the uh, Facebook delays and uh, strike caught up with me this evening here in Ireland. Uh, there we go. That's <laughs> oh, poor Brian. You better than that. Know. But no, um, sorry, sorry to all of you, and thanks for Paul and Graham for, for stepping into the breach there for the few minutes I was out. Um, so I know you guys have been going through the def- or the offense, and you've talked about the offensive line and tight end. So I have been listening, but um, you know, I and to the point you were you were kind of making there in terms of Dak didn't even know he'd thrown for less than two hundred yards, like. That seems to be a whole thing with the team this year. It's about the team. No, There's yes. no individuals. There's no egos, anything like that. We made reference to it last week that, you know, Zeke was just shy of 100 yards and he mm-hmm. gave Corey, Corey Clement yeah. time because he needs to get reps as well. And there just seems to be no mm-hmm. egos anymore. Yeah. It seems, it seems not to disrespect other teams' defences, but it, it, they seem to be having a lot more fun and it seems a lot easier for him this year and what I mean by that is in terms of it's like it's the the, the playbook doesn't seem to be like very complicated it's just it's it's but it, it's still set up, set up so they can do the, the simple things efficiently like I say the last few years especially under the in, in, in under Jason Garrett it seemed very regimented and it was very you knew that even if the Cowboys were third and 11, they would probably run and try to gain some yards for punting or it would be a specific pass play. And, you, you, and we could all see it coming, whereas this, you, you literally can't really tell what the offence is going to do. And it's, Helen Moore's got the, the confidence in Dak, in Zeke, in the, in the receivers, in the offensive line to, yeah, listen, and I think, it, I think he touched on it, didn't he? Was it the, the Chargers game where they said that the Chargers had given them one read that they're not giving them all game and, and he, he had the freedom to change it up and, and try it and, and it paid off and I think it was for the touchdown to, to Cedric Wilson so that, do you know what I mean so 
that's what you want. You you, you don't want to be regimented. You know I mean, you want to keep teams guessing, and and it's good to see that they've got that fluidity. And it's it's exciting to watch, and it's not been for the last the last few years. So I think we're we're getting spoiled this year so far. Yeah, definitely. It's and it's absolutely. growing. It's growing really well, um, and that faith that Kellen has in the players is reciprocated. That's a two-way street. Mm-hmm. You can tell by listening to them, especially to Zeke, that they have the faith in Kellen Moore and in the play calling. And it's nice to see as well from him, from listening to Dak, from the point you just made, if they're taking plays from earlier on in the game and using them to their advantage. So it's not just a case of Kellen's coming up and scheming things team by team. That's evolving throughout the game as it should be, which is something we've really not seen and that makes a world of difference. And it's working on both sides of the ball as well. My favorite, absolute favorite bit coming out of interview coming out of that game was Randy Gregory. And I really want to see more. If you haven't listened to his interview, go listen to it and listen to him about how they're taught how to rush because they're rushing as one, as a not even as a unit, as a team. They are rushing as one. It really is a, a, a complete everyone in it, it doesn't matter who gets the glory because they're all going to get it at some point, like Zeke said. Everyone is going in, lights out, and you can see just how deeply penetrated these messages are from these coordinators or from the coaches. It's brilliant to see. Just to extend what you're just saying there, Rich, you kind of mentioned just there, like, uh, the players are reciprocating back to Kellen Moore. Mm. I, think the, I think the players are reciprocating to each other more than yeah. anything. Yeah, and that's like, the like, other thing like, as well. Like, like, the starters all the way down to the four stringers. Like, mm-hmm. it's like what you were saying there, Brian. Um, Zeke last week, giving employee Clemens those reps. Like, we're even seeing, like, <clears> the, like we do we, like, we're seeing like how Terrence Steele stepped up to this game. A guy we thought it was going to be an absolute nightmare. So far, like so far, he has proven us all wrong so far. But obviously, the jury's still out for him. But in terms of uh, even like our tight ends, like we were okay, but now they've really stepped up the game, special in the blocking scheme in this mm-hmm. game compared to the last week. They made some mistakes. They've seemed to nail that out. It's like it seems like they are really <clears throat> sticking down to like I think. Because if the, if there was one thing we really did, Fozo players didn't really do really well. It, well, it went, I, I can't really comment, but not every player is going to be like Sean Lee and digest every bit of answer game film of what they learned mm. and what they did a mistake. It seems like the players are now like identifying what they made a mistake and trying to make sure not yeah. to do that again. And we're yeah. seeing that progression from every player. We're seeing players that are actually, oh, I could do this. I can do that. We're seeing, like, 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 I know we're going to be talking about the defense, but we, like, we just saw Chancey Golston, a guy that's not really had much of a training camp because of injury. It just mm-hmm. came in. And was, and we're seeing like uh, Cedric Wilson, the four stringer just came out and he pulled up one of the best touchdowns in the game. That spin oh, move, man. That's, that spin move oh. is ridiculous. Made him his, made him like, his bitch. It was amazing. Exactly. <laughs> you just took the one He did. He did. He absolutely, absolutely schooled him. Did you see him after the play? He was just there, just like, and just held up a hand and was just like, what, what just happened? What? what he was holding fresh air. Like, he was. He was like trailing the ball, walking into the end zone, I'm and like, then he oh, walked that, in. That, 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 that was, that was, if, if that was in a, if that was in a video game, that would be a fatality. Uh, that would be a fatality. Yeah, it's true. Finish we're it. Going, 
just remind me when we're on the defense to come back. I have something to share that I, I, I saw about um, Randy Gregory just before we came on air. Um, but one thing I just wanted to touch on, you were talking about Kellen Moore and Open in the playbook. Correct me if I'm wrong, or did I actually dream this? Did Zeke throw a pass on Sunday night? Was there a lateral to Zeke and Zeke threw a pass? He, it was right at the very end. It was a, um, yeah, he, he basically lobbed the ball to um, Pollard, yeah. wasn't it? At the end to see. Yeah, it. I think it was to Pollard, yeah. It was a handoff so, to Zeke and then he. Yeah. yeah. So, the, you know, Kellen Moore is, he's using all of the playbook and he seems to have an ability to, to add something new and fresh every week with into that playbook. So, you know, we see in the comments there and folks, as ever, please make sure and comment. Let us know what you think. Let us know what was good. Let us know what was bad, who your studs and duds are from the game. We'll cover it all for you. But, you know, the comments are coming in hot and heavy about Kellen Moore getting a head coaching job next year. And I think the way he's going, there's no doubt that he will be in the running for a head coach's position. Yeah. yeah I'll get interviews, but I think, um, I think did we push on it a little bit last week. I think there's there's something like I say he turned down Boise. You know what I mean, Boise was mm. his his boyhood team, and he's and do you know what I mean, I, I just think that Jerry obviously and sees something in him, and I, I've I've got a feeling this is like a, a Jason Garrett part two kind of thing, um, in terms of the, the, they're going to bed him in to be the next head coach of this of this team, and, and yeah, to be honest, it, it's going to happen. He, he's Heading that way, that the offense has taken leaps and bounds since he since he took on the offensive coordinator role. Yeah, I mean, um, he's you'd, you'd hope that he's he has this year all the success, and that sort of helps cement him into this position moving forward. From the way he feels about it, the cow if the Cowboys do really well this year, no matter what happens, if they you know they make the playoffs and get decent penetration in it, you you got to think that. He'd be wanting to stay to see mm. just how far he can push things under Dak, and with will obviously hold the changes on the defensive side of the ball as well because they can make some noise for the next few years at least if they all stick together and they can keep this unit and keep improving. I'm not convinced. I think if if mm. up, up until up until the injuries last year, up until we lost Dak and our offensive line started to crack. Mm. And then we've we've gone on a, a good run so far this season. Um, do you not think there's enough spotlight on America's team for another team to have a crack at killing Moore? Oh, of um, course, they'll have a crack. It's not. It's not. Yeah. It, I mean, it's not a fluke. It's not a fluke. He, he must be a he must be a fairly good offensive mind because um, he's he's got the weapons that he did last year. I mean, everybody, all the big playmakers were were there last year. And we saw them until the injury started to come in. Um, I think I mentioned last year that um, I saw reports that Detroit were looking at him. Uh, obviously, we've talked Billy about Boise. as well, they? I think so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, mm. can you not? Yeah. I mean, imagine. Remember Black. Remember Black Monday from last year. How many? Mm. How many head coaches rolled? Um, see if see if he drives this team to deep into the playoffs. I don't know if if there's an offer good enough from Jerry to turn down the opportunity because there's only two there's only thirty two head coaching roles in the world 
Um, and if you get offered one of them, when when is that opportunity going to come up again? You know, you could go, you could stick to your offensive coordinator role. Your team has a stinking season, and before you know it, nobody's ever looking at you again. So, um, I would say the two the two big candidates for me are always um, Eric Bieniemy at Kansas yeah. and um, and Kellen Moore. Um, yeah. If he sticks around, brilliant. I'd love to see him stick around. But if this offensive if this offensive performance continues, it's going to be really difficult to hold on to. I think like, like I've seen this being discussed through a different other but different podcasts or like we'll uh, give a shout out to our friends and stuff like that later on, Star Guy and Jay Tuck and that. Um, but the talk uh, everyone seems to be saying is like, do you really think that Jerry Jones has actually got him on a really good deal? Like he's been promised the head coaching role after McCarthy, pretty much. That seems to be like the incentive more than it anything. wouldn't. It wouldn't surprise me because they brought in Jason Garrett on a similar sort of expectation. It, of you come in, you be the offensive coordinator for a couple of years, and then you're the next guy. And before he'd even started, everyone loved him. They were raving on him in terms of how much of a, a, a like a, a brand new offensive mind Kellen Moore was, just how how much of a prodigy he was going to be. And we're seeing that now come to fruition. So it wouldn't surprise me at all. Well, if we, that we, was the case. well we, we kind of knew that already, even when he was still a quarterback. Like when we found that he was actually writing some of his own plays back mm. in Boise State as a quarterback. He's, yeah. he's, 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 he's very coach-minded, mm. even though he was yeah. still actively playing at college. Yeah. So for him to kind of progress that as he went through, played a couple of years in the NFL, played for Detroit, played for Dallas, now became quarterback coach, now became offensive coordinator. It just kind of comes to show that it's never left him. Like He's always thinking about how to be that, Next, oh, I, I really don't know that. that what was that theory on me? Always is it that Jenny Citoire? You know, yeah, what I mean? I'll tell you what would be interesting and not to kind of jump on if we do go on to win it all. What's what's going to happen, like you say? Because if he goes out, if we go out, if we go out and win it sorry. all, oh, sorry, mate. Uh, sorry, Brian. Yeah. Sorry, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I Kelly's dad was also a coach as well. So yeah, yeah perfect. Mm. And I think I, th- I think it kind of for all of us, obviously, you know, soccer and rugby would be our kind of our kind of main sports over here. And it seems to be a case with Kellen that a mediocre player seems to make a great coach. You know, all of the top managers here would have had mediocre to good playing careers. But then when they went into management and coaching, they seem to have lit it up. And same thing yeah. seems to be happening here with Kellen. Um, I think he, I don't think he took any interviews this year, did he? Bar, bar talking to Boise State. So. Yeah, no, didn't he go and visit Philly? Yeah. He might, I think he might have visited, but I think he turned down an interview. But I can't I remember. Think yeah, but I think what generally what tends to happen is is that you'll be interviewed and you won't get it on the first time, but next year. So you'd be looking at sort of twenty twenty three, and he'd be he'd be prime for a head coaching job there. Like Graham, you okay. made the point there on Eric Bieniemy that you know he's been interviewing for a couple of years. 
Kevin Stefanski has been interviewing for a couple That's of years. Right, Robert yeah. Sala has been interviewing for a couple of years. So it can take a year or two years. And I think in that time frame, Jerry and Stephen and Will McClay are going to have to make that decision whether Mike McCarthy is here long term or they want to move on with Kellen Moore yeah. as a coach. A couple of questions I asked myself. <clears throat> if, if they were set on Kellen Moore being the head coach soon, hmm. why did they hire Mike McCarthy? Yeah, because well, he's not question. ready. He's only been here. He's, he's not been in this position very long. And this is this is the problem is that, yeah, it's, it's a great point that you guys made earlier that, you know, there's only 32 head coaching positions in this league and all it takes yeah. is one Ur- or two Urban bad Myers seasons. Last. He's not going to last. Yeah, and you, you fall yeah. out of grace. But at the same time, you can rush into things too quick. Yeah. And the other question, the other question I would ask, um, if there's an agreement between Jerry Jones and Kellen Moore that Kellen Moore is the next Cowboys head coach, what does Mike McCarthy think of that? By the way, Mike, your your replacement's in the building. Just like you know, mm. oh, is it? Yeah. Is that right? But then you can you can nearly always expect well, that, really, to a degree. I think the the well, whenever a head coach it. goes. Typically, you always look for one of the coordinators to to step up mm. if you're not going to bring someone in from from outside. The other yeah. thing to that as well is uh, how long has this team, in terms of the playing staff, got left together? Because do you want to put Helen Moore in charge of the team effectively as it is now with a good group of players? Or do you want to blow it up and, and rebuild and let him head coach a rebuilding team? What? Well, here, here's my point. Wasn't this not the same scenario when Wade Phillips was head coach? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Garrett was offensive coordinator and he was touted to be Wade Phillips. And we all know Wade Phillips, well, he didn't really took too kind to the whole idea as well. He was getting mm-hmm. rid of Jason. We know that because he is quite outspoken. So, And it put huge pressure on Wade Phillips as well. Yeah, yeah. Because it's almost as if it's almost as if drafted you you draft a, a first round quarterback behind your starter, and as soon as it all yeah. goes to put on the field, bring in the new guy, bring in the new guy. You know, you can you can hear the fans chanting for it. I mean, yeah. don't, don't get me wrong. I'm really I'm I'm I do like Mike. I do like Mike McCarthy. Mm. I think I think from obviously from last year's disaster was just basically trying to find your feet season, trying like. Do we have the right coaches in? Do we have the right players in? Now this year seems to be it's everything's kind of falling into place for him. Like, mm. like yeah, he's got, he's got the defensive coordinator. He trusts his he trusts the, the process that he's got now with the guys he's got in. Um, yeah, and Mike actually makes a really great point. I think yeah, I'd be worried about that as well. Do you, do you know what? Do you know what? Do you know what? It's the British effect. All that Simon says, you know what I mean. Uh, it's all going. You know I mean, there's a British coach in there teaching coaching that D line. I've met Adam. He is actually quite a cool guy. Like this was yeah. long way before he even stepped foot in the NFL. This was back when he was head coach of the London Olympia, uh, London Warriors. Was it Warriors or Olympians? I can't. It was one either or. But yeah. but. Really nice guy. Like, he really knows his stuff, mm-hmm. and he's, he's played in NFL Europe. He's got experience playing at a decent level, mm-hmm. but but he's went through the whole program, like like uh, 
what basically what uh, the women coaches are now doing, they're kind of going through that for same process. And the ones like I know I may be trying to jump in from one section to the other right now, like, but we're seeing a lot more female coaches coming to the they're going through that same process where they're pretty much in, uh, interns. This is what Adam Adam had to do, and he mm-hmm. went through that process, did his internship, then he kind of like got the coaching roles for uh, under Dan Quinn. Now he's actually getting himself the defensive line coach. And the way how he's things are doing right now with Dallas right now, it won't be long till he'll uh, may actually get asked to do even more, like a more higher role of some sort. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it'll take a little bit of time from uh, for him. I think just kind of to touch back on what you guys were saying there a minute ago in terms of Kellen Moore and how long is this playing staff going to be together. I think this team has a two-year window mm. and then you're going to have to start breaking breaking down the offensive line. You're going to have Dak and Zeke on big contracts and you're going to have to start making calls in terms of your linebacker, your linebacker who nobody likes, you're going to have to make a decision this summer on Trayvon Diggs. Uh, you know, so um, in terms of in terms of Dan Quinn, I'm going to throw a curveball back towards you, Brian. What about the whole yeah. Michael Gallup? What, what about the Michael Gallup situation? Because even though we're still talking, about, we're still talking offense here. Yeah, because yep. he's currently an injured reserve right now. That's not going to yeah. help him regards to getting his new contract. It actually yeah. favors us. It favors us quite a lot. No, um, no? no I, so. I, I think Michael Gallup is out the door. Bye, I'm sorry, uh, and especially. I, yep. I said. I said it in the off season. I was critical of them giving two million to Cedric Wilson. I think Cedric Wilson has shown he can do something for us. And he can play as a third receiver or fourth receiver <laughs> behind one of your, your tight ends. Mike has brought up the point there. Dalton Schultz will be due a contract at the end of this season oh, if he's staying around. That's a good point. It's, 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 another, it's another anti-hitching situation, isn't it? Yeah. There's a, there's, there's a lot of contracts this year which are yeah. coming up that need to be renewed. So I would say like that you have, you have this year and next year for me and then they're going to have to recycle and rebuild. Yeah, possibly. But in terms of, we just had, we had the question there from Mike that Dan Quinn might head for a head, head coaching role. I'm not sure that's going to be a case for this, for next season. I think he's happy back uh-huh. working as a coordinator. But would, think, the, would you guys share that sentiment or do you think he's going for a head coach? I think he has to prove it more than just the one new thing. Yeah. I mean, he's yeah. come from it's- Atlanta not worked yeah. out great he's come here and yeah it's good but it's uh, the, the same kind of coaches is very much the same thing of okay you've done it do it again yeah it's, it's brilliant mm-hmm. but is it consistent that's the question yeah, yeah i think I, I don't think i don't think anybody goes into the league and says oh, i want to be an offensive coordinator and i'll stick at that i think they all come oh, into yeah. this league and want, want to be a head coach jordan like i say he, he had a, a short-lived head coach Kind of career, didn't he? Well, it was he was then. Yeah, he's he's been outstanding as a defensive coordinator wherever he's been. But I I, I think he he wants the reins, like you say. But this the the with how this defense is he's been moulded at the minute, and he's he's been allowed to go out and get his guys. I think that could entice him to stay a little bit longer. Um, as long as he gets that free role of like, having the guys in that that will 
actively show how dominating his defences can be. So, um, yeah, you can see the smirks on the guy's face. The private chat is quite lit here amongst <laughs> us. But one thing we did want to bring up, um, Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, what a performance at the weekend from him. Um, you know, the numbers were were pretty amazing. He's This season he has been blocking, he's been running, he's been running angry and he's been running and bowling people over. So have we got Zeke Elliott back? We've but, always had yes. well, well, we've, we've always had him. We've, we've always had him, but here's the reason I, I, I really want to talk about Zeke is like we I was at like a couple of weeks ago I was I was invited to add the Eagles podcast like the, the UK Eagles and they said they're a nice good, good bunch of guys despite they support a trash team alright but they mm. asked me help uh, me burger right they, they asked right Fetch, right, 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 come on sorry Paul <laughs> right so they asked me the question where do you think Zeke is not now no longer running back number two? I'm like, oh, what's what's that based on? And they're thinking, well, he's not getting as much snaps. This is what well, the way how we're, our offense is playing right now, we're playing it based on situational circumstances now. We're playing against their weaknesses now. Like, why run Zeke into a bat into a brick wall when we're not going to get much yards? And whereas if we give it to Pollard, he could be a more elusive going out to the slot, like. Like like, mm. like screen screen pass and whatever mm. on that. Like we're playing more to strengths. We're we're always like when Zeke's like there's been games where Zeke's been amazing in 2016, but there's been games where he's actually been very lackluster. It's always kind of been like that. It's just based on the defense that you're playing up against. Whereas this game and the game last week, we're starting to see like Zeke has always been Zeke. Just mm. now now that Zeke's actually like had a really good training camp. He looks in fantastic shape. He's a lot more elusive. It does feel mm. he is back to the 2016 version of him mm. that we've got him his rookie season, which I'm excited excited for. Yeah. It feels like he's got a point to prove himself. Mm-hmm. So, and, and said that, I just, uh, I actually don't know actually where I'm going to go with this last point. I'm sorry, <laughs> but, like, but, I... but, but, but all I'm trying to say is that the media... Are full of shit. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, do yeah. Not, do yeah. not let, do not listen to the media. Trust. And Don't what, let it. Like, yeah. Watch like if you watch what you're seeing and you feel comfortable with Zeke's doing well, you stick by that. Don't let the media, like the the public media or the fantasy guys, tell you X Y Z. Nah. Yeah. Nah. Good morning there, football with their finger on the pulse exactly again. Exactly. Oh, there we go. Uh, it's ridiculous. So, Zeke is Zeke has calmed down a lot. There was a point yeah. that was that, that came. I think it was on the break from yesterday that I listened to this morning. He's calmed down a lot. Um, he's matured a lot. He's growing more. He, he's taking care of himself. He's not going out sort of, you know, taking. Not saying he did, but you know, not going out sort of like partying right. all the time. He's not drinking yeah. as much. He's taking care of himself. He's taking what was a weakness in his cuts and turning it into a strength. Yeah, um, he is improving himself and slimming up and, and trying to improve his game in every way possible. And then also, like yeah. we said earlier, of and like Paul said just now, 
he's playing situationally, as is everyone. And if he's got to block for the majority of a game, he's going to block for the majority of a game because that's going to help Dak and whoever else get what they need to do to get done because everyone there is playing to win games now. They're not playing to get their own stats up. They're playing to win. Let's not forget as well the fact that apart from the suspension, Zeke's not missed any time since since he took over the starting job at Ohio State. He's literally been the the backup, the cowbell for Ohio State at a top level. I I mean, they went on to the natty and he's played at a high level for the Cowboys, and, and so he's very, he's very jolly. Yeah, a couple of years ago, he, he had a little bit of a lull, which everyone goes through. But you would probably expect it more from him just for the fact that he's not missed any time. Um, and we touched on it a little bit just before we came before we came on air. He was due a big game. He was due yeah. massive game on the ground. It was it was coming. He was touching high numbers last few weeks and like I say and he was being the ultimate team player kind of and letting other, other members of the of the, the running back committee get some touches but he was he just went off it. He he looked there was one of them I can't remember what play it was. Um I don't know if it was one of the first downs and it kind of the blocking kind of broke down a little bit and it was that kind of old kind of Zeke like he just kept the legs pumping and pumping and the he ended up getting the first down, and it was like this is the this is the Zeke that we saw a few years ago. And like I said, there's the hunger, and I think we, I think that's where we benefited from. Um, what was it um, from Hard Knocks? Like just for the fact that you, you could see there was there was summer brewing in that off season with him. He looked, looked hungry. He looked ready. He looked probably maybe hung, more, the most hungry he's been since. He's coming to the league, and that might be to prove the doubters wrong because the last few years he's had. But yeah, he he was that. That's the Zeke that we drafted, and yeah, feel um, sorry for the, t- the teams that have got to come up against him this year. Yeah, it, 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 I think it really kind of puts a lot of um, silencing of the critics, especially what we were just saying during modern football, and people who were arguing it's like, "Is Seed worth the money?" Yes, he is worth every single penny. When you really do break it down, it's not just about rushing, it's all about the pass protection he also gives for Zeke, uh, for, for Dak as well. And that, and, and Zeke is a good pass uh, pass blo- uh, blocker for, for pass protection. For a running back, he is re- exceptionally good for that. So, and not just that, he, he is the type of running back is is designed for power, designed for it. Like, even though he's a, he's a pure athlete, but for him to truck linebackers down in the butt time and time and over, it's going to wear on their defences, and that's the type of running back that the seat does. It might, nine th- like, you're talking about five, four times out of five, you're maybe talking about four or five yards, but he's bringing the hammer every single time to those linebackers and defensive linemen who are trying to make a tackle on him, and by... Halfway through the game, they are just gonna. They're those defensive players are absolutely spent. They don't want to tackle them no more. That is yeah. that. That is a god-given fact. I wouldn't yep. want it. To, I wouldn't want to tackle them no more. No. Um. So just two two small things, and like we're nearly an hour into the show, and we haven't even moved on to the defense yet. And I know Rich I know. Jones has a fantastic stat for all of us that he wants to share with us. Oh, I got a few. <laughs> But, um, you know, in terms of Zeke Elliott, I mean, 
ultimate team player. He came into the league as a 20-year-old. He's, what, 25 at this stage. He's just, he's maturing, you know, and he's settling into himself. But, you know, what we're giving you guys tonight and what we try and always share is that we're talking about football. We're not doing the good morning football thing and the Kay Adams thing of talking about fantasy football stats and people talk about they're not getting fantasy numbers and stuff like that look at what zeke does in the game as we say look at the pass blocking look at the game against tampa the amount of blocks he picked up to protect his quarterback to protect his best friend in dak prescott that doesn't get shown on any stat sheet anywhere at all and don't forget the way and tear he gives defenses yeah like, like, like I said, it's like he is literally a battering ram for him to get those three or four yards in the mm-hmm. majority of the plays. Like, he's he's going to cause absolute carnage, like, yeah. using using his body as a battering ram, putting linebackers yep. and defensive linemen on the backside. They'll be like, oh, no, don't want to tackle him no more. Then they put Tony Pollard in, and he'll, like, don't get I was in. just about to say that. Yeah. They're absolutely <laughs> tanked, and then you put Tony in, and whoop, he's gone. Exactly. Yeah. That's what surprises me about Zeke. Like I said, just the way his running style is that he's not missed games through injury, like I say, because he's that battering ram up, up the middle. And That's what's amazing about him. Yeah. That's amazing about him, especially. Yeah. And 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 if there's one thing about Zeke now, and he, yeah, he's been more of a team player, but I think he is really taking that mental attitude where, right, okay, it's now 17 games a season now. I'm on this big, massive contract. I I, I still want to play up to the highest level till I want to retire. Yeah. I want to try and earn at least an ad. I might not get that same contract ever again, but I still want to try and get an ad contract after this. Like that's yeah. the, like if that's his way of thinking, then great. He's trying to think think about how he last longer in the league as mm. well and be effective <laughs> for the Cowboys. I'm all for that. Yeah. Again, over two hundred yards between the pair of them. So yeah. it's it's yeah. It's one of the Mike brought up the comment, um, Chubb and Hunt or R2. I would go with R2 to be perfectly honest mm. because it's I a think coin flip. That, I, I think it's, it's actually a coin flip. It really depends who you're playing against more than yeah. anything. Uh, like, for me, I, th- I think our two guys are, are they're almost like chalk and cheese. You yeah, know, yeah. If, if you figure out one, you can kill the team with the other. Yeah, I think yeah. with I think with Chubb and Hunt, they're very similar in terms of running backs. Yeah, like it's like you put one in, you put the other in, you you kind of expect the same thing. Whereas you just kind of said there, um, Graham. It's like a yin and yang. Yeah. Like once once power mourns more um, sp- speed and elusiveness, like you're you're yeah. getting a different dynamic with that. Yeah. So, Do you know, I don't know. I know we're kind of touching on Zika, but we obviously we just mentioned Pollard a little bit back in a. Do you know what impressed me a little bit more about him this season? He seems to be a lot more patient in his runs and he lets things develop. Whereas, what in his rookie season it was kind of sometimes a little bit too eager to to get the first time I'll get I'll get a big room bursted off. But now we'll kind of you'll see he'll kind of he'll go. It's not open. He'll see what's I mean it won't go for the first thing. He, he, he lets, he's obviously getting it like saying this is a testament to the running backs coaches um and to 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 Callum Moore as well that's that's 
putting him in a situation where he can he can thrive. And it's it's like I say, it's good to think like it's not one of those situations is it where like touch wood Zeke doesn't go out for anything in terms of injury wise, but if for some reason Pollard has to pick up the slack and be running back one for a game or two, you're not going to be scared as such that you're not going to get a lot of a lot of running yards because Pollard's showing that he can churn them yards up and he can he can get it and he's, he's becoming very mature to say that he was a backup running back in his college college days and he's, he's taking on this bulk load. I think really well, like saying it, it complements this offense really well. It, it gives us that extra monster on offense to cause them and defense is a lot of problem. Brian, I know we're watching our time and we're thinking about moving on, but I just want to yeah. shout out to Cooper and Cedric Wilson. Mm. Cooper, yes. two targets, three receptions and a touchdown. Wilson, two targets, two receptions and a touchdown. What more yeah. do you want? Efficiency. Efficiency. 100% receptions with two touchdowns. Two receptions. And, and Paul, Cooper was about 80% as well. I, mm-hmm. if, if there's one, Paul, one last point we move along. Yeah, one final point. If there's one thing that we need to give credit is actually the bumbling mistakes that the Panthers actually did during the game as well. One, with the timeouts. Two, yeah. with the 12th man on the field when you actually told, told the guy to get on the field and actually yeah. they got flagged <laughs> for it. I don't know if you guys remember that, but I was, yeah. I, yeah. I was like... This is Matt Rowe we're talking about. Yeah! yeah. Head coach. <laughs> yeah, he's like, get in there. He's like, get in there, get in there. Yeah. And I'm like, like, that just helped us gain, like... Taking the field goal. That, that just helped us got us a first out, because of that. That long field goal. Oh, yeah. That was pretty much downhill from that point. Again, yeah. again, they were saying, I'm pretty sure it was Jesse was saying on Hanging with the Boys. Um, shout out to those guys. It was pretty much a downhill from that point on because they gave him a short field. That's yeah. a turnover right there. You and, you do something yeah. like that, a kick from halfway, you don't make that. That's a turnover essentially yeah. in midfield. Yeah. And and like I said, Matt Rule and his decision making with his timeouts, it just it actually every decision that the Panthers coaching staff did just actually benefited us as the game went along. We actually ended up burning the clock the majority of that yeah. fourth quarter. So yeah. But yeah, but yeah. Cheers, guys. <laughs> so moving along, we're we're gonna flip over to the defense now. But before we do that, obviously, wanna give a shout out to all our, our fellow content creators. So you've heard some of the names there, hanging with the boys, J Tuck, Law Nation, Katie's fun tweets, um, you know, all of the guys at the Dallas Cowboys media, the guys on 105.3 the fan. Go check those guys out. They are uh, an encyclopedia of knowledge and follow them listening to them you will not be disappointed and paul mm-hmm. if you want to do the regular shout out sure guys if you're planning on to a dallas cowboys day at dallas cowboys game this year be sure to go over cowboys experience for the meet for ultimate meet and greet tailgating and game day packages experiences and much more <laughs> meeting former players like Zach martin travis Frederick current players like Michael Gall, as you can see in the photographs, and many, many mm. more, but also get to meet like a Hall of Famer, Drew freaking Pearson, the original number 88. And guys, <clears throat> it, like some I don't, every every week, it, me and Jamie, we cannot vouch these guys that they treat you like absolute royalty. But if you use the discount code UK Cowboys, guys, what do you get when you use the code? 
Rich, say it. Take give us it away. to me. Say it. Say it. Say it, guys. Come on. Say it. You what you get? Get free stuff. You get free and stuff. Pudding. Like, and chocolate Rich pudding. Maybe it. chocolate pudding. Rich explained it really. Uh, Rich explained it really well. Uh, like, just go through the process one more time, Rich. My camera's in reverse. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> but, but yeah, guys, be, be sure to use the discount code oh. UK Cowboys. It could be varied right. from T-shirts to memorabilia, mm. signed merchandise. It could be anything. We don't know. Yeah. But Paul, guy, yes. you are going to a few games this year, aren't you? Yes, I am. I am. Did a. Not to put you on the spot, but did you use the, the code UK Cowboys to get free stuff? I have you know? used it before. Good mm -hmm. man, see, because Paul's not a clown. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. There we go. But also make sure you follow the guys at Cowboys Experience on their Twitter, their um, Instagram, their Facebook pages. They always have pictures and videos and moments up from the weekend, from the tailgating, from the meet and greet with players. So follow them along. You will not be disappointed. And as Paul says, you will be amazed at who you'll get to meet when you get out there. So follow them along. So gentlemen, as I say, we're nearly an hour and 10 minutes into the program and it's time Amazing. to talk. Defense. Defense, <laughs> defense. <laughs> There's only one place to start this tonight. Rich Jones, take it away, sir. Right. There's um well there was a question. I'm gonna pick it up from the, the pregame show. The question was asked on that show, is Trayvon currently like top is, is he one of the top guys? Is he really good? Is he legit? And I don't think coming out of this game you can say no. Um I was very cautious on that, and I said he's on the right trajectory. He's not there yet. But when you actually look at the stats, specifically in terms of interceptions now, you look at all the corners that made the Pro Bowl last year. Xavier Howard, Jalen Ramsey, Alexander, Tredavious White, James Bradbury, Stefan Gilmore, Marlon Humphrey, and Marshawn Lattimore. All of them, or the vast majority, half of them, had one interception. Marshawn Lattimore had two. Davis White and James Bradbury had three, and Xavier Howard had ten. Your boys got five on four games. This is all from a season's worth of work. Your boy's done that in, in, in four games. He's got a Pro Bowl caliber season in four games, games in terms of interceptions. Obviously, not everything else. Yeah, but That's freaking sick. And the crazy stat on that, that's specific to Brian, and I know he already knows what it is, because again, I, I, I heard this and I half-inched it from the guys at, you know, at Cowboys. But your favourite man, Jeff Heath, in over 100 games got eight interceptions. Yeah. Trayvon's done it in 16. Yeah. Do you know what's crazy as well, Rich, to add to that? And I, can't, I, can't, I can't remember where I've seen it, but he's got more interceptions than 27 teams in combined. 27 yeah. teams in the NFL this season alone. Yep. That is insane. Yeah. It's great. Um, the, the, the funny thing is, I, I, I saw a stat, stat on Monday. Apparently, our three worst-graded players on PFF <laughs> yeah. were Trayvon Diggs, Micah Parsons and Osa Odegizuba. So 
if you're following PFF, unfollow them straight away because they don't know what they're talking about. How many times do I need to tell you guys? Don't, don't yeah. take it as gospel. Do not take it as gospel. Right? Don't Graham. Graham <laughs> gets angry at this. This is his pet hate. It, it's brilliant. Next to like ignoring offensive linemen, I know, but you know. Listen, honestly, I mean, I, I picked up, I picked them up on <laughs> Demarcus Lawrence so many times last year. I mean, Mike quoted a few of their quotes like, "Well, Demarcus Lawrence got the third most amount of QB pressures in the league in 2020." Problem was, three quarters of them turned into touchdown passes. All right, okay, that's fine. What's the point of that? I just don't take them as gospel, guys. Oh, <laughs> ladies, ladies and gentlemen, Graham has taken off. Graham, <laughs> Don't hold back. Tell us what you think. I mean, even like, like, going for make even Mark make a Parsons called them out on Twitter, and they got absolutely roasted for it. <laughs> Just go back through his time. You'll find it so early. Just go back through his yeah. timeline. The what? best bit is, the best bit is, even if they're right, those are your, your worst players. Yeah, I'll take that. If they're the three worst players this week, one may that continue. Yeah! Isn't this the same yeah. scenario? Back in 2019, they had Jameis Winston as one of the top 10 quarterbacks. <laughs> I mean, uh, <laughs> prosecution rests. <laughs> I mean, honestly, do, do, do we need any more than receptions? That? He led in receptions, but they still yeah. had them as a PFF grade within the top ten. How does that work? Yeah. <laughs> like I'm all oh, for I... analytics and stats, but like sometimes you got to just trust your gut and use some common sense. Like I got some crazy hype stats. Yeah. <laughs> I got some crazy hype stats for later that go like I'm gonna go way down the freaking rabbit hole. But sometimes you gotta just be like, okay, come on now, just just get real. Pay, pay if, watch the tape. Yeah, if 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 we are to give them just one bit of credit, and I'm I'm gonna flip this back to the offense for one minute. I do believe they've given Zach Martin a 95.4 PFF grading. Uh, so one, they know nothing uh, about linemen. Uh, if that's one thing they have, one graded, thing. yeah. If that, honestly, if that's one thing PFF have always graded very exceptionally well as offensive linemen. <laughs> yeah, breaking news, breaking news, Zach Martin's a good player. All right. <laughs> guys, guys, no one knows this. Hashtag triggered. <laughs> scoop, scoop. So. Oots <laughs> noise. Um, <laughs> I, I did say, sorry, we were talking about this earlier, that I did have something to say about Randy Gregory. Um, so how good was it at the weekend to see Randy Gregory back? We mentioned this last weekend that oh, he was amazing. just right there and he exploded at the weekend. Yeah. Uh, I mean, what, what did I say during before, the lead up to the season? Randy, Randy Gregory, for the first time, has had a proper training camp. He's not mm-hmm. had any suspensions. He's been on the get go. He's in the proper program right now. Expect big things from him, and we're starting to see that. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say to Paul, Paul, I'm gonna say to you what I never say to my wife. You were right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never say that to her, but I'll yeah. say it to you. <laughs> you were right. 
The kid was special in college. <laughs> The, uh, the, the, the kid was the kid was special in college, and we all know he had his, oh, his issues. Red, red wheels in the house. Red wheels. And yeah, and I, I think not no one's condoning the use of of marijuana etc. But it's as I think as the leagues finally come to the conclusion that it doesn't enhance his performance, um, and. Now that that's kind of all gone away, we, we're gonna. I think we're gonna finally see the the Randy Gregory that that came out of Nebraska and yeah. Cowboys. Although the, the, he had this lingering over him coming into his pro career, yeah. that the Cowboys were willing to to spend that high pick on him because it's it's kind of been a steal, just like Trayvon Diggs is going to be a steal in the second round. Yeah. I think also the reserves becoming a big steal as well. Yep. And I think I think time will tell where it comes to Chancey Rolston, despite he's had not even once like nothing, very little training camp at all. Do you know? I'm I'm glad you mentioned because for weeks and weeks you've been mentioning your boy Oste, and I've been like, I need I need Chancey. You all know how much I love this kid coming out of college, and he finally got half a sack. Buzzing for him, uh, like I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump on the Paul bandwagon each week. Every time, um, every time, Chelsea does well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give him some, some big love. I mean, the, the, honestly, the, the, like, I need the like, big love. Like I said, this like w- w- I joined the the Star Guy show and uh, and uh, a shout out to Professor. He we had a bit of a on and off opinion. He wasn't too sure about mm. Chancy Dawson. I was like, like listen, like. If there's one thing about Chancey Rosen, he's got an amazing get off and really good hands on him, and that's something that, and he's got length on him. That's one thing that we kind of like. We 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 still is is a is a Dan Quinn type of player we are acquiring here, and we're, and two games for Rosen with eight tar- well, Dog, you just kind of nailed yes, it. DJ dog, like but but but. but with Ralston, I think it's quite remarkable with him just coming back from whatever this injury work was. I can't yeah. remember what the injury was. With very little training camp, it's all been mental reps for him just to finally get out there and play some mm. ball and see him what like I I was expecting from him. And and I think like I said, the guys in Star Game with Professor O and stuff like that, they're starting to kind of like I know uh, next was he, he liked Chancy, he loved the Chancy Ralston pack. Uh, but, but I think, like, so like, so professor, he's now kind of like, okay, now I'm starting to see what you guys are kind of starting to see now, uh, seeing him now. Yeah. It's like, it's only going to get better. It's only going to get better with this kid. But, but yeah. what also did you do? Ha ha. So, guys, I'm just, just going just to well. cut, in, cut in before we before we move on to also Just one final point on Randy Gregory. So, Jerry Jones had an interview with 105.3 today um, right. with the fan. And we all know the amount of um, in-depth knowledge they have of the players going through the draft process. If I told you guys, Randy Gregory had the highest SAT score they've ever had come through the Dallas Cowboys, would you be surprised by that? No. no. Not at all. You go listen, like I said earlier in the show, if you've not, not listened to it, you've not seen it, go listen to his post-game interview, and I would love to hear more of him. Listen to the mm-hmm. way he speaks, how deliberate he is. 
um, the the intelligence comes through, and you can see why they drafted him and why they drafted him so high and why they've kept a hold of him throughout think, everything that's gone on. I think to the the naked eye, it would be a surprise because when you look at the history, what's happened with Friday, you would mm. assume he's a bit of a and I'm not gonna. I, I, I'm not trying to bash Randy for this, but for being an idiot for taking. But but people then, but it's, it's people being narrow minded thinking about him more yeah. so. You know what I mean? Like it, what he did, what he had to do, he had to deal with his mental mental problems. So yeah. But but like you said there, Brian, he is a very well intelligent individual. That's the, one of the things I love about the Cowboys is that the fact that he. Had his oh, issues. I didn't know that, Lloyd. I didn't know that. There you yeah. go. Yeah, he had he had his issues coming out of Nebraska. Nice. He's had him through the NFL, and and the cow, like I said, the Cowboys stuck to him. A lot of teams look at look at in the past and just and just in terms of look at the Browns when they drafted Johnny Manziel, got a little bit of trouble here and there, wasn't working out, and they just kind of panned off him. And and he's always seemed like kind of one of them kids that needed maybe a bit of a guiding help. And a helping hand, and the Cowboys did that with Randy Gregory. They were like, "Look, we're not gonna, we're not gonna throw the talent on you. We're gonna, we're gonna look after you." And the Cowboys will reap the benefits from that because that will make him hungry to to want to fight more and, and try and get a championship. Just look at it in the terms of what um, Tyron Smith when he signed one of his contracts. It, it took it took a. Yeah, he got paid a lot of money for one. I, can't, I don't know if it was the current one or the one before that, that he, he could have earned a lot more money. And he was like, no, the Cowboys looked after me when I got when I was going through a rough injury patch. And yeah. they, they sorted medical bills out, etc. It's it's funny and that you mentioned that. Look after the players. It's, it's funny yeah. that you mentioned that. You could say the same for Jalen Smith as well. Like, mm. Yeah, we like like they helped him through his recovery phase with, mm. his, with his knee and stuff like that. And and we actually like you know he's on a high end contract, but it's a as a it's not team as it's a very team friendly deal for when you really break it down. Mm. And and I think like I, I'm not to here to assume, but when the I don't know how many like how the contract works with Randy because because he's missed out so much time. I think he's like like got two years left, and it's still a part of his rookie contract. So he's still effectively on his rookie contract, and this right. is the last year right. so, of that correct. rookie contract. Right. So, so he, we need to renew him at this stage. Right. So, so this is the point I was going to make. Like, yeah. with with the investment that the Cowboys by sticking by him all this year, like, yeah. I, like I think Randy's like, I don't think I could ever go with another team. Because they've mm. never like because they don't know what yeah. the support this the yeah. support this the, the amount they're the, invested the, in each other. Well, well it's not so much yeah. the investment as the support group. Yeah. More yeah. than anything. It's like yeah, like it just really comes to show that Jerry and everyone within the Dallas Cowboys really want to make sure that their players are well looked after on yeah. and off the field. Like and just just to touch on what you were saying there, Paul, and we have mentioned this several times on the show in terms of the support that randy gregory has gotten from teammates in the past teammates who are no longer there i remember hearing stories jeff Heath, jason Witten, zach martin all of the o-line guys writing letters to roger goodell pleading with him to allow him to be 
brought back into the Cowboys facility yeah. for his benefit that he that he needed that structure around him. Yes. And people around him that would positively impact on him. They they begged for mm. that to happen. And that shows how much faith they have him firstly as a teammate, but also as a human. Yeah. You know, absolutely. and that's a, that's that's an amazing thing to see. So, sorry, but I just wanted to just jump in right quick. Just because just Sky broke it, um, the Cowboys are live on Sky on Sunday. Oh, uh, perfect. Just, nice. just, Beautiful. Just, just, I've just seen it now. Sorry to jump in on that bit. Yeah, so oh. Cowboys, Cowboys versus Giants, 9.25 p.m. Oh. The Giants oh, like to it. get destroyed. Sky Sports Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> Graham, you were going to say something there, were you? To continue on with the Gregory contract, though, remember we're we're flirting with the cap, with the top of the cap, and if somebody offers, and if he goes and gets ten sacks this season, somebody's going to offer him a good contract, which he would find extremely money's difficult coming to turn in, though. I don't know, Graham. Like, I, I think they could throw as much money they want I mean, but, but I think it's more to do with the structure that Radio needs. And yeah. he's, got, he's got that does. But I think, but, like, for example, see if a team with all the salary cap in the world, I'm trying to think, Jacksonville. Jacksonville. Like, they're, they're, dismiss, like, their organization is absolutely all over the place. You know what I mean? It's, like, it's, a sh- it's a short career, and he's not made a great deal of money. See if somebody comes in with a fifteen million dollar a year contract, he's right. off. Jerry will pay him mm. once he's retired. You know what, Jerry? Well, he probably will, but I'm sold that Gregory stays. Yeah. I'm sold he'll be working. Um, they'll work it out on with the Paul. Yeah. You, you can you can look at you can look back through the time that Jerry's had this had this organization. Like I say, that the, the comfort of knowing that someone's got your back like say you, you just look back at people like Charles Haley and Hollywood Anderson that they Jerry and his family looked after him they had their issues off the field they were well documented and like you say someone like say just needs that that shoulder to be able to lean on and, and like you say that the, the structure's there and yeah yeah the, the money's tempting but also with with all that money comes temptation in, in other things and it's so if you if you if you can get like you say like possibly Jerry will pay him at some point he'll, he'll get a he'll get a fairly nice deal from us but he'll yeah. have that support network there that a support network that he can trust and he doesn't have to go back through it with another team. So I I, I as, as as much as I get what you're saying Jay, I, I think I agree with Paul I, I could see him staying to be fair just more it's a natural surrounding for him and he's comfortable in this. Yeah. So I know we, we, we've mentioned the name a couple of times and it's something we did want to bring up last week, but also Dickie Zoo again had another great game. I think Mike provided us with a stat that the most is it the most pressures from rookies this year, Mike Parsons, mm-hmm. also oh, no, Dickie Zoo. Awesome. I think it One, was DG, two. I, I think it was DJ Dog. It made yeah. comment. Yeah. Like, DJ had... Dog might have mentioned it, and I know yeah, Mike yeah. said it to me earlier, just to yeah, make sure that we got it. Up, but I, I, you it, know, it's, it's unheard of having three rookies having a stellar game. Like all, mm-hmm. like, like takeaway, like takeaways and sacks. Mm-hmm. Like that. That's just setting an example. It really is. Mm-hmm. We've just like stumbled 
into depth, I feel, at, at pretty yeah. much every position. Like, we came in and were like, there's a hole here, there's a hole there, worried about the depth there, and all of a sudden it's just like, they're playing well, you're playing well, you're playing well, the rookies are all great, It's everything's yeah. fine. You know, it's yeah. just like, what my, the frick is going on? If there's, one, if there's one thing, and I, I'm sure you guys are going to agree with, there's one thing I didn't think that didn't go too well was the miscommunication when we had our backup corners in. Yeah, the video, yeah. the video I put up on the on the group chat, <laughs> <laughs> just to go, just to, to let everybody make everybody aware. Uh... It's the last touchdown the Panthers score, and I've just I've literally just watched it back. So Tommy Tremble runs a corner right <laughs> into the corner, <laughs> and Kers and um, Maurice Kennedy, Kennedy. They, they cut they, they both take him, run into each other. DJ Moore comes out of the backfield and wanders into the end zone. <laughs> and um, Kers and Kennedy end up just shoving each other. <laughs> and it's the easiest catch you'll see all game. <laughs> yeah, so... It was quite funny. It, yeah. It, yeah, it's a touchdown. It should never have happened, to be honest. Yeah. And let's, let's not also forget, and this is not the pick on Morris Kennedy show, for the second <laughs> last touchdown... I believe he was turned around and was actually looking at the player receiving the ball. I think it was DJ Moore, wasn't it? It was uh, DJ Moore. And <laughs> he had no idea Sam had even thrown the ball and there is DJ Moore receiving the touchdown in front of him. He Just with a little sitting down yeah. with it. Got it. But it's, it's, not, it's not the Kennedy bashing show because the touchdown I'm talking to, yeah. Kennedy has tremble. Yeah. You know, he's, he's stopping because... Kerst doesn't have more. Yeah. Basically, yeah, it's not. It's not that wasn't. I I put that on Kerst. The the last yeah. touch thing. There's it's true. there's nothing perfect about this team. They're playing very well. They're not perfect. There's things to clean up. But like we like we mm-hmm. said earlier, and we've seen from last week, the problems that we had last week, we haven't seen this week. There's yeah. going to be other things that are going to come up. Yeah. Yeah. But as long as they address them, it's fine. But yeah. I why I, I, I add one good point. And it's as a controversial point was the hit, that particular hit. That was a clean hit. It what was the foul? It was absolutely a clean hit. That was uh, yeah. clean and cold. I mean, what's what's he meant to do? Oh, Just let the savage. guy catch the ball. Yeah. See what yeah. I mean. Apparently so. Sorry, mate. It's a, it's a contact sport. He uses the shoulder, keeps his helmet out of the way. I don't know what more he could have done. You should it's teach him that. In real time, in, in real time, where the referee saw it, it looked as though that because the head ricocheted back, it's because of the yeah. velocity of the hit. But it was a, it, like we all agree, it was no head to head. It was it was using the shoulder. It was a clean yeah. tackle. It's just it just looked bad from whatever the referee's yeah. perspective was. That was a and, flag and, that could have been picked up. Yeah, yeah. And I think this is where the argument now becomes into play. It's like, can, can we start challenging a? Flags for this, yeah. Like I think and, that's their yeah. Point. Like you're, you're pretty much, you can challenge pretty much nearly anything else. Like out of bounds, was it inside? Was it past the line of scrimmage? All that, those type of things. But you can't challenge an actual flag. I mean, come on. It's, well, it seems... well, what was the flag? progress? What was the flag that Rule couldn't throw? Can anyone remember? There was a reason so why Matt it was, couldn't it... challenge. It was on the fumble because there was forward progress 
and it had been stopped. Um, you, they we can't got, call. We, they God, can't, we were one there. Yeah, we did. Yeah. We absolutely did. Again. Jamie has a smile on his face there. He's obviously yeah. checked out Kay Adams' Instagram account again. <laughs> I was, was always oh, one. I was savage. I was, I was listening to you. So. Do you know what we, we, oh, I was listening. Oh, yeah. 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 I, I, to be fair, I, I had a comeback coming in, but uh, I thought I don't, I don't want to. I don't want to um, embarrass Brian because we know his. Um, <laughs> his <laughs> of the show. Oh, this is brilliant. <laughs> again, like I think, look, that flag just goes to highlight the whole idea of the no fun league. You know that. You know that. It could have been picked up. It should have been picked up. Yeah, and there was absolutely no, there was no need for it. I mean, um, but, as DJ Dog says, good, clean, hard hit. Like, when are they going to make a determination of these things? Five years it's, ago, that's not a foul. No, know? it's, it's, it's not. I mean, they're trying to cut down on stuff. Years. They're trying to cut down <laughs> on stuff, and they're taking. Obviously, the seeing it live. It looks like it could be bad, but then all you need to do is just take one look at it and just pick up the flag and say, "Actually, that was perfectly fine." Yeah. How often have we heard the previous players under review? Exactly. As yeah. There's no reason it couldn't be done. I'm all for throwing it if it looks bad live. By all means, chuck the flag in there because they want to bring bring brings they're bringing safety to the fore, which I think is right. That's perfectly fine. I got no problem with that. Like you said, the previous place under review, you review it, if it's clean, you pick that thing up and it's everything's fine. It's like that was a good, clean, savage hit, but it was clean. Yeah. I just want to, uh, while we're talking Cowboys defense, I just want to touch on the Panthers offense for a change. It's, it's amazing what you can do when you put a young quarterback into an established team and how well he plays. I'm sorry, but the Jets have gone from a questionable Zach Wilson to moving on from a perfectly good quarterback. He 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 will have a good season. He's got yeah. Sam yeah. Darnold has led them to three mm. and one for a reason because he's a good quarterback. Yeah. And all of a sudden he has a stab he's an established offensive line. He has a good running back in McCaffrey and he has a, a well above average defense and hey ho, the three and one. Mm. Do you yeah. know, it shows, I don't like to say, just for the fact that... I said that. I said that. Known I, 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 years, that the, the, the Jets kind of... All the crap around the Jets is a bit of a shit show in it. And they say, put anybody that goes there is going to fail. Put them yeah. in a good position. And yeah, but yeah, sorry, Paul. Yeah, I mean, I can't even remember what we were just saying there. But, uh, <laughs> Sam so, yeah, Sam Darnold, like I said that, um, like I thought the Panthers have picked themselves an absolute steal, yeah, in terms yeah. of what they, what they traded for. I'm like, ah, mm-hmm. like, like he, like Sam Darnold's going from a bad situation to a fantastic situation under a different yeah. scheme, better O line, better weapons ahead of him, probably a better, much better organization, that's for sure. Yeah, like, so, like, like. Like yeah. let's 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 be honest and say this. Sam Darnold a couple of years ago went from seeing ghosts in the pocket against New England Patriots mm-hmm. on Monday night football yeah. to ripping us asunder in the next game. He carved us apart. So he's mm-hmm. he's a good quarterback. He's not elite. He's not gonna be 
a top ten quarterback, but he is a very, very he's a he's above average. He's a yes. you know he's a good standard of quarterback mm-hmm. and would start for any top sixteen team in this league. <coughs> would you say he's gonna be like a, a primed version of Matt Ryan when he was with the Falcons? Mm. Mm. And he's like, twenty four. Yeah, yeah, maybe the the two interceptions, especially well, especially the second one. It's it's not as if like you see sometimes quarterbacks get a bit erratic, don't they? And they'll just throw it up there. They they were very good players on defense to, I say, especially that second one to to get them interceptions, and it's I say a, a change in culture and coaching staff. I mean, I, I always have this thing of these these guys play at a high level in college and they don't become bad football players overnight. And you could say that Sam Darnold's one of those in it that shows that that's, that's true. He, he wasn't a bad quarterback coming out of, out of college. He just went to the wrong team. But see, that's the thing. The interceptions happened once we gained a 15, 14 mm. point lead. So... We knocked the Panthers off balance, forced them into the run. That's yeah. that's mm-hmm. where that's where our running game takes over. That's why I wasn't too when I said I wasn't too concerned about Diggs. Our, the best defense is our yeah. is our run game. Yeah, uh, very true. Absolutely. Very true. So again, let's. Uh, We've gotten to that point in the show where it's time to give our cornerbacks and our safeties a little bit of love. Again, we had the two two interceptions from Trayvon at the weekend. Safety play was very good, bar that that hit. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> we haven't had to rely on Bossman Fat yet. He's still on the IR designation. Mukwamu and Wright are in the 53, but they're being used sparingly. So have we got a little bit of depth there or are you guys worried that, you know, the three safeties that are there are there on one-year contracts? And I think, Rich or Jamie, you made this point last week that there are a million dollars guaranteed for this year. You know, is, is, is it a false dawn or will we have some of these guys back next year? I think some of them will come back. Why? I think some of them, yeah. especially with the, the the culture that we're we're in, and they clearly they're well suited to Dan Quinn's style of play. I I think we'd be stupid not to bring them back if we can get them on a team friendly deal again. Fingers crossed. Um, someone will try and poach them, but yeah, why not? I mean, if if it works, why change it? That's the problem you're going to face with bringing in players in one-year deals, though. Mm. If they have great mm. seasons, somebody's going to come in and offer them a good deal, especially yeah. with teams with loads of cap space. I mean, see, right now, we are $18 million over the cap for next year. Yeah. So you're gonna, you're, you can't throw money at everybody, and then you've got the Dolphins sitting, sitting $78 million worth of cap room. Yeah, so, but then you've got the argument that are you guys, which, you know, to be a very... To be, a realist in that kind of situation, that kind of discussion, you can turn around to guys and say, well, with the greatest respect, or at least some guys you can say, with the greatest respect, are you bowling out because you're a bowler or are you bowling out because you're here in this scheme? So is it better off you testing the market and maybe getting something and not really getting anywhere? Or do you want to stay here, still make decent money, 
be in a very good scheme in the best position to succeed that you've been in so far, and we can maybe do something special. Yeah. Um, Just just what you said there, Rich. I mean, do you guys agree that the the era of players going after Super Bowl rings is over? Do you not uh, think most players chase money nowadays? A lot of them do, and it's understandable. But you need to remember that these people are competitors at the end of the day, and when people get into winning situations... (laughs) They tend to not want to leave. Um, the counter to that argument I would make is Tom Brady. Not him yeah. specifically, but just generally the people around him want to stick around him because they're in a winning situation. Mm-hmm. They they knew they could go on and be something special, and they did. Yeah. I suppose that's why they've returned all 22 starters. That has its own issues, though, I would, I would always say. Yeah, it but... does. Yeah. Yeah, but I just just want to make one point, Graham. You know, I mean, you're you're saying that we're eighteen million over the cap for next year. Let's not forget that team from Pennsylvania was fifty four million over the cap <laughs> at one point during the oh, summer before they had to yeah. cut down. So, and where it, are they? It, it can, yeah. I I, I don't disagree. <laughs> I mean, let's not forget they're paying Indianapolis Colts quarterback more than we're paying our quarterback this year. Yeah, they're in you a know. bit of a hole. Um, Keeps, isn't yeah, there more money? Keep saying good things, Brian, because that's funny. <laughs> what? Keep saying good things, because that's funny. <laughs> Go on, Rich. There's more money coming in as well, isn't there? Isn't it next season they start to get some money in from like TV deal and stuff? Or... Yeah, there's I think it might, be, it might be tight for next year, but from the year after and as we come out of COVID, Yeah, like next year's just the first build bit. up. And then, yeah. It, yeah. And it should leap so that's why I, I, as you were kind of saying say about Randy Gregory is they might back end his contract and say look Randy we're going to back end it but as the cap goes up we'll, we'll build up your signing bonus which can be spread over the yeah. three four five years off the deal so he'll get, he will get his money in time it's just how you structure that and it'll be the same mm-hmm. potentially for Leighton Van Der Esch Trayvon Diggs, we're going to have to give him a new contract at the end of the season. It's just about how you structure those those deals. And that that's what's one of the confident things is that over recent years, this um, front office has become mm. very smart and very savvy. And yeah, very, I'm trying to think of a word. Um, but they've been very smart with the the cap, whereas we used to see years ago they used to just throw money here, there, and everywhere. For the sake of it, and now that now I don't know if that's because Stevens maybe got more control on the yeah. side of things. Um, but something's definitely working, like you said. I'm sure whatever they ended up doing, they will um, they will make it work so that the door snooker themselves and can't make moves going down the line. If if we if we make a run, we need to just kind of make a um, and move just to strengthen the team and improve it a little bit for, for a deep playoff run. Yeah. So we're an hour and 40 minutes in. Yeah, I, I saw that comment, Rich. <laughs> but, um, I don't know what you're on about. Uh, time, time to give our special teams a bit of love. Um, you know, I mean, I think Greg Zerline kicked, kicked everything this week. He, he had all his touchbacks. Um, Brian Anger has surprisingly snuck up, and I think he's the third highest 
ranked punter in terms of um his yardage i think it's 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 close to 48 yards a kick now which is higher than chris jones has had for years so are our special teams pulling it together guys it's nice to send your kicker out not having to make the kick to win the game <laughs> oh it's amazing <laughs> that's amazing on a, like a crazy long field goal as well. Jeez. Oh my. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lovely. But yeah, I mean, he, he, kicked to be, a, uh, he kicked a perfect game. What more can you ask for? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just, you just hope it continues and you don't have to roll out for 60 yard field goals like I've criticized often enough. Um, yeah. Perfect game. Move on. Hope it continues. I mean, you can't you can't even say a great more than that. Yeah. There's not really or... much else to say. <laughs> <laughs> I think, think, think we're all really? getting fatigued at this stage, realizing it's now almost quarter to eleven here in the UK and Ireland. So I think I think unless there's anything else you guys want to discuss, I think we'll, we'll start the wrap up of everything. No. Rich has the sheet, has he, and has oh. a point. Oh. Yes, right. go on, Rich. Very, very quickly, yours. right? Very quickly. Like I said, I went down the rabbit hole today because we need to take stock of where we are, right, as Cowboys fans, because we typically get a lot of PTSD because stuff goes right and then it all goes down the pan. Um, so I think we just need to take a second, just just appreciate where we're at because things are looking good. We're like, what, 70, 77 percent? Likely to make the playoffs and stuff yeah, this season, 77%. right? 77%. 77. Fucking have all the sevens. Tidy. Right. I've done a bit of stat digging, right? And this I'm like this is real down the rabbit hole stuff. This is going to get a bit ridiculous. But it's oh, interesting. We're it's off interesting. To the Super Bowl. We're off to the Super Bowl, aren't we? <laughs> well, maybe. Let's see what happens, right? Let's see what happens. We've started 3-1. and one. On 23 occasions, okay? Start off oh, like the one, the one probably everyone's heard this week. 23 <laughs> times, made the playoffs 16 of those times, right? Of those 16, 10 of them have gone to conference championships. And quite a few, or a couple of those have then gone to Super Bowls, mm-hmm. which is quite interesting. Now, <laughs> hang on, hang on. Of those three and one starts, four times have the Cowboys lost the first game. Okay, you can see where I'm going with this. <laughs> Three of those occasions, they've made the playoffs. One of them was with Dak in 2016. Now, the really, really crazy thing that I found out today is, well, I'm going to preface this with a question because it's I got to you got to try and wangle this one in. It's kind of a square peg in a round hole situation, right? Where are we going with this? <laughs> You'll like it. I'm going to ask you a question, right? Don't don't answer straight away. Just think of the answer, and I'll ask each of you individually what your answer is. And just the first thing that comes to mind, okay? How many years has Kellen Moore been with this team as the offensive coordinator? Three. Two. Yeah. Three. Three. Okay. It's actually three. But the, do you really count the first year? No, when Jason Garrett was making pretty much all the calls and checking out of a lot of his plays because his ass was on the hot seat. That's a fair point. Yeah, so, I see where you're going. I see. Where I think going. it's fair to say, arguably, I know it's not technically, but it's fair point to say that there's only been two years where Kellen Moore 
has been the offensive coordinator and everything's been on him, okay? Mm -hmm. So we're in a situation where you've got a first-year, new, brand-new first-year defensive coordinator. You've got a second-year head coach and you've got a second-year offensive coordinator. That's only happened one other time in Cowboys history. <laughs> and, and that was 1995. Oh, I was right. <laughs> and the best bit is, it gets better. The best oh, bit is, go. three, or t- sorry, two of the, the Cowboys, the five Super Bowls we've won have been three and one. Two of them have been four and oh, and the other one was the one where we started 0 oh and two. And if Emmett Smith hadn't held out that game, I bet you we'd be three and one. <laughs> right, so basically I am full on right. fueling up the hype train we're going Super Bowl, it's going to happen I'm telling you now There it Rich, that's, that's not a rabbit hole that's tickling the earth's core <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I don't even know why I, I don't even know how my brain got there to be honest I was just like, when was the last time we went 1-3 and, and I was just like, and dropped the first game oh wait, it was like 2016 with Dak and I was like, right. how many times has that happened and it just it just snowballed, and I ended up somehow in 1995 and Kellen Moore's the second year coordinator. <laughs> uh, to answer your question, you were, oh, why you were thinking about that, to answer your question, why you were thinking about that, it's not so much did you have your Snickers, did you have your chocolate pudding? The boy just delivers a stat like that and we're tearing to bits. Not allowed not allowed to swear anymore. I got told off for swearing at the top of the show. Oh, and Mark's suspense chocolate gato. Ew. Horse. So is that what we're saying with the phone the jewelers in order number six? Is that what we're saying? Well, if, if, if Amber Garcia is to be believed, she's been in touch with Derek to make sure she's on the rings list. Thank <laughs> you. So, the, the, the more important thing is, uh, is um, if, if we if we get to the Super Bowl, Paul, are you going? Are you flying out for the fucking victory parade? <laughs> <laughs> if I if, if I can save up a couple of grand from Christmas <clears throat> onwards, then anything's possible. Anything's possible. I I I I think if we get to the Super Bowl, I think we will be hosting. The pre-game and post-game show live from the Super Bowl venue. Stranger things have happened. Yeah, you. This it might be the first time we've all done this, done done the podcast together in person. I mean, it's it's even in SoFi, so it's it's one of the easiest to get to. SoFi, and they've got they've SoFi's got internet the connections there. Brain. They have internet. <laughs> <laughs> this is the point we got to. This is what an hour and 50 minutes. This is feeling like the 24 hour show all over again. Just a small snapshot. Just right, right there. They have internet there. That's a thing we can talk about. Let's move on to this pregame show, folks. Thanks for swinging by to the show. So, as always, folks, make sure Thursday night, 9 o'clock here in the UK, 4 o'clock on the East Coast, 3, 3 o'clock Texas time and 1 o'clock on the Pacific Coast. Mike and the team will be here. Um, special guest is confirmed, is it? I can't remember. <laughs> I think I pretty much. So, I think he is. Yeah. 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 I'm pretty so sure. We, we, we can reveal there will be a special guest. It's Triple H himself. 
It's hype. The hype man, Heckma Harrison. Oh, hype, 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 hype. He was a so, breath of fresh air in the 24 hour show. <laughs> he was that injection of caffeine, wasn't he, for you guys? Oh, yeah. He was. See when, and, he met, when he met Kenny the short Dan, he lost his shit, so he did. <laughs> and, and Paul, let's not forget who else he met that night. Jeff Heath. Yeah, he met Jeff yeah, Heath, and yeah. he was just as happy about that one. So, so, yeah. Never seen, uh, yeah, you were as red as a Falcons jersey. <laughs> <laughs> so we're we're gonna get out of here, folks, uh, again. Look, we'll give a shout out to all of our fellow content creators there. You can see them all. Big Game James, Tuck, Jeff Reinebold, the guys on the Cowboys media team. Um, and again, shout out to our sponsors, Cowboys Experience. Follow them on their social media. The webpage, www.cowboysexperience.com. Use the discount code. UK Cowboys and you get what people? You get free stuff. Free stuff. I'm sick of saying it, man. People need to start listening and getting free stuff. It's starting to really get me get me down. Um, UK Cowboys what, send. What, what what happens if they don't send the code? What are they rich? Um they're clowns and they get expedited deliveries of chocolate pudding dumped on their driveway. <laughs> <laughs> So there you have it. Neither confirm nor deny, but it'll happen. I'll find a way. Folks, if you don't, if you don't, if you don't say UK Cowboys, Rich gets all your stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Don't use the code. Can we take the code out of the next thing? Paul, can you change it? Because I can get free stuff. I'll share it with you. I'll cut it like 90, 10 fair, you know. <laughs> Why are you asking me? I'm not Cowboys. Well, because you do all the you do all the visuals. You can make shit disappear, you know, <laughs> on the sly. Right, folks. Like... Well, that's it tonight. <laughs> we'll see you next time, <laughs> folks. As we say, nine o'clock Thursday night. Join Mike and the team. It's a good night from me. It's a good night for me. See you Good next night. time.